Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hope everything's going good with you. I hope everything is going good with yours. The topic of uh, to start the show today is there's a relationship between anger and forgiveness. They kind of polar opposites, but they have a very strong relationship. They work together and often at the same time. Forgiveness is a healing process. But uh, real forgiveness has an entirely different take on this subject. To forgive, you must forget. But in the moment, the realest emotion is anger. It's your truest emotion you have. You can love something today, dislike it tomorrow, and never grow angry with it, never grow hateful towards it. But something that makes you angry, and in the midst of your anger, you can find a way to forgive whatever it is that made you angry is a strength that we don't always have. It's not something that we could always put our fingers on. We can't even always understand why we do it. But if it angers you, it is a gut level emotion that you are feeling visceral about. And you're going to say to yourself, this is really pissing me off. And how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? Uh, It does not make an excuse for people to abuse you. It does not make an excuse for people to treat you improper. Forgiveness is not a reason. You know what? Just because somebody abuses you or treats you uh, improper doesn't mean that you have the right to forgive them. There might be no forgiveness that is necessary. See, people try to shame you into forgiving people. But anger is an identifier. And you have to value your anger. Value your anger because it speaks volumes. It tells you what's right and what's wrong. And if nothing ever upsets you, then you're going through life. I don't know how you're going through life. I don't know how you're making it day by day. If nothing upsets you. Now, do the things upset you that you cannot control, or do you allow things that also upset you to be things that you are fully in control of and you do nothing about? Now, we have to control our anger also. It has to be worked in a positive manner. If something pisses you off about the person in the mirror, then do something to change the person in the mirror. You can't change the image in someone else's mirror We don't have the ability or power to do that. The only thing that we can do is separate ourselves from them. We can avoid them. We can move away from them. We can stop taking their calls. Uh, When you're bored and lonely, you don't have to text them. If you know that all you get from them is anger, 
So balance it out. Balance out that relationship between anger and forgiveness. Try to find a nice medium ground where everything is not to the point of where anger becomes violence, where anger becomes vengeance, where anger becomes stupidity and regret because you did or said something that is going to put you in a jackpot situation where you're going to feel some kind of way about it. You're going to have to pay a cost for it. See, that's where the forgiveness is. See, forgiveness is that smart part of your brain that says, if I let this pass, you know what? It ain't that big a deal. I ain't got to deal with this shit no more. I move on and that's that. But find that happy space between anger and forgiveness. But don't discount anger as a bad emotion. If somebody told you that, they're lying. You can't go through life just loving because you're being a fraud and a phony if you are. Now I'm going to move on to the regular show now. So they found these tunnels beneath a synagogue in Crown Heights. What kind of fucking shenanigans are these young Jewish guys up to? What the fuck? I mean, seriously, is there some criminal shit going on down there? Is there some sexual shit going on down there? There's shenanigans. You don't dig holes underground unless you want to hide what you're doing because if not you stay above board and this is literally below the surface what the fuck are they doing and the laws the the people and powers that be in the city of new york need to find out what's the real deal here and as i speak to you today i don't know all the situation that's behind it all we know is that they had these tunnels and they actually bucked authority when the authority tried to come and shut these tunnels down. So that meant that these tunnels meant a lot to these people. And these tunnels are not biblical. It's nothing spiritual. I think it's something wicked. That's just my opinion. And we need to get to the bottom of this. Now, we got these pro-Palestine protesters all over the fucking place. They're disruptive. They're stopping people's flow from getting from place A to place B. And they don't have the fucking right. They don't have the right to do this. You don't have the right to impede somebody from maybe picking up their child, making a doctor's appointment, getting to their work on time. Or if they just dicking around with their time, it's their time and they should be able to do it. New York is neither Israel. New York is neither Gaza. New York is not the Palestine Strip. New York, is Adams might be a lot of things, but he has not dropped a bomb on anybody. This is above his pay grade. These people, we are living in a time of anarchy and chaos, and people just want to get out there and disrupt as many people as many times as they can, and they get some kind of sick joy out of it. And I'm calling bullshit on this, because they'll be doing this for Yemen no time soon. Nobody even gives a fuck about spending two minutes talking to Habib at the corner store. But now you want to protest for his country because you just want to hate something else. So you need a reason to be out there and be loud. And it doesn't make sense. You know what? If they're disrupting people and they're stopping people, I'm all for arresting them. Let them see how a day at Rikers Island feels and see how much they want to protest then. So U.S. had to do some airstrikes 
on the Hattusi rebels from Yemen. I just mentioned them. Now, you know what? You want to fuck around with the United States government's Navy and Air Force? Good luck to you, Yemen. You're not going to win. You're going to get your uh, countrysides bombarded. Those submarines and aircraft carriers are just going to destroy your land. It's going to displace your people. You better come to some kind of agreement where you can sit down at a table and discuss this as adults. If not, bloodshed will occur, and the United States military is more than capable of spilling the blood of these rebels. Just a thought. Ronnie Long, who is now 68 years old, spent 44 years in prison in North Carolina, and he was eventually exonerated and settled out of court for $25 million. So he settled in court for $25 million. Would I trade places with Mr. Long to get $25 million but lose 44 years of my life? to rape charges no i would not i mean i'm hoping that this man gets to live a, a long life a a life where he uh benefits from this money he gets to meet up and be with his family and that he comes from a loving family not a using family because 25 million dollars will make a lot of people family that aren't family They'll pretend a lot of things that they shouldn't pretend. But hopefully in this time, I don't think you survive 44 years in the penitentiary without a certain degree of smarts, with a certain degree of uh, discernment and scruples. I mean, I don't know what he had to do to survive. He was a predator. He was listed as a predator. He was probably treated by the general population as a predator. And this man had not done this crime. Can I speak to anything else Mr. Long has done over the course of his life? No, and I will not. But this crime he was exonerated for, which means as far as they know, he did not do it. But 44 years, I wonder how many other people are serving massive sentence for crimes they did not commit, that they have been held accountable in front of a judge, a jury, and basically, 44 years is almost a physical or a psychological and emotional execution. Like I said, I just wish him the best. Because the world that he went into, or the world that he left, and the world that he re-entered a couple of years ago, because I think he's been released for a couple of years now, is totally different. It's like he's learning to walk again. He's learning to talk again. Because with modern technology, it's not the same world. I mean, think about it. He went in there, barely was a remote control on a TV. Now, some of these remote controls look like probably geometry to him. So, Seinfeld actor Peter Crombie died away. At, he died at the age of 71. He played Crazy Joe DeBella. If you ever seen Seinfeld, you will remember the Crazy Joe DeBella character. He appeared a couple of times, usually with Elaine and he was a crazy clown. You have to see the episode. They were pretty good. Now, on 129, I'm going to be doing a show called Before Trump and After Trump. You know how we have B.C. and A.D.? As Americans, we now have to think about our world as before Trump 
and after Trump. And I'm not talking about Trump with the stupid TV show and Trump with the towers. I'm talking about Trump as a politician in the United States of America. So we are dealing with the years of 2014 to 20, I mean, to now. So it's been a 10-year period of Trump and uh, the things that relate to Trump and how he relates to people of this world, how he has changed the dynamics of America as we see it. If he's done nothing else, he has definitely done that and there's no denying it. But that's just a heads up. On 129, which is two weeks from now, I will be discussing that. Next week, I will be discussing the cult of Geno Jennings. That's right. The cult of Geno Jennings will be the topic of discussion to start this show. If you want to call in and you got the balls to call in and you want to back his play, call him. No problems, no issues. I'm here. I'm not going to be running. I'm not going to be scared to hear from you or have a conversation with you. So, Trump decided he wanted to make his own closing argument at his fraud trial. You know, he's facing a $370 million fine. It seems like they wrapped that up on Thursday and Friday. Trump is a true agent of chaos. He was originally banned from speaking in his own defense at the closing arguments, but then Judge Ergeron allowed Trump to speak briefly during the closing arguments, and he came to regret it quickly. Because Trump is the agent of chaos, he decided to use it not to talk about what was going on in his fraud trial, but other issues that he was told repeatedly not to bring up. And this is just what happens with a person like him. Like I said, I'll be getting into him on the 29th. I try to keep my Trump talk down to a bare minimum, but I am going to devote a couple of minutes to it, like I said, before Trump and after Trump. Now, and something that made me really, really disturbed, sickened me to my core, seven Texas men filmed themselves grand gang raping two toddlers in a bathroom of a Houston Galleria mall. And the ringleader, Arthur Hector Fernandez, 29, worked at said mall. Uh, whatever. United States government can throw at Mr. Fernandez, and I use that term Mr. Lightly. I hope they throw at him. If he can get a life sentence for this, because he destroyed two innocents' lives. Uh, everybody else involved, I don't understand as of this point why the other people were not also arrested. If it was seven men why is only one or two people incarcerated? Why? Uh, there's some explaining to do, uh, but we live in a sick, sick society where we do not protect children from pedophiles. And we live in such a sick society that male nannies and male babysitters are not only wanted, they're needed, they're given big ups. They're given props. They're mentioned on TV shows. This is us actually had one of the lead characters play what was considered the Manny. You should never leave your children in the hands. And I don't give a fuck how anybody takes this. 
don't leave your children in the hands of any male babysitter, any male caregiver. Fathers are not mannies. Fathers are not male babysitters. They are the father of the child. It's his responsibility to also watch his children. But when you got an uncle who is so freely to give his time to watch your precious children, keep 17 eyes on him and you only got two. No neighbor's son should be watching your children. No girlfriend at work son should be watching your children. There will be almost always an anterior motive behind it. Men are not equipped to do this. Can they do this? Sure. Are there some men out there who probably do this and no harm ever comes to the children? He treats them like angels. He treats them. He would live and give up his life to protect them. Sure. But for the most part, the odds say that there is a motive to be left alone with people's children. Pedophilia is a real thing, people. It is not some fake thing. It's a real thing. It is a major problem. We don't handle it correctly in this country. We don't handle it correctly in this world. Because what we do is we'll come up with these age-appropriate females that really are not appropriate age. 14-year-olds should not be allowed to marry 30-year-old men. But the statute of limitations, I mean, you know, the age requirements in certain countries and in certain states, we can't even come up with a standard age in America. In one state, 15, she's all right to be with. The next state, she's got to be 17. I mean, this is, we treat this shit worse than um speed limit. How we treat our women and children is deplorable. We're going to have to answer for this as a world one day the way that we treat women and children. We will. We are only on the 15th of January, 2024, and we're already up to our 11th mass shooting. 11 mass shootings. That means we are almost averaging one per day or one every day and a quarter. That is ridiculous. At this rate, we will have over... 275 mass shootings in America this year alone. And uh, hopefully the body counts will be limited. It'll be, I mean, that's almost the best that you can hope for this day and age, that the body counts will be limited. Now, we got this thing that's going on in our country, the post-pandemic thing that has not recovered yet. Almost 20% of the U.S. office space in America is unoccupied. This is meaning that office space is emptier right now than any point in the last 40 years. Now, I know a lot of people work remotely from home now, and they're probably very blessed to do so. I have done it myself. But we don't take into consideration that most people who work remotely from home do not work between the hours of 9 and 5. They might clock in at 9 and 5, but when they forget something at 2.30 in the morning, they're back on the computer logging in. I know I did. So I think that you actually spend more time actually focusing on your job if you really care, if you work remotely. But this leaves us in a position where we're more disjointed from each other than we've ever really been. We are between social media 
where you don't physically ever have to speak to somebody, but you could text them and feel as though you had a conversation. Uh, and now we don't have to physically go into our office and interact with people on a daily basis. We don't have to dress appropriate. We, we are separating each other from each other more than we've ever done. And I don't even know if mental health is correct in this country to do this. But what are we going to do? Just like this is the new today is the new today. You know what I mean? And COVID and the pandemic just ushered us into this new world. And this is where we are. So supposedly Aaron Rodgers was not supposed to appear on the Pat McAfee show again during the NFL season. But less than 24 hours later, Pat McAfee had Aaron Rodgers on the show. It might not have been the ESPN broadcast, but he was on the show. That makes Pat McAfee a lion sack of shit. Aaron Rodgers is already a piece of shit uh, for the things that he says and how he baits people into conversations. And I'm sure I'm going to speak about it later, but I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to take some credit for how Jordan Love played yesterday when he had nothing to do with it. But that's just the kind of guy he is. This week, also speaking of ESPN, you had the Battle of the Coons, Stephen A. Smith versus Jason Whitlock, two black men who nobody should be proud of as a people of color, two black men who have spent more time kissing white ass than uh, should be legally allowed, two black men that if we were in a race war, must realize that they would be two of the first black men rounded up in the whole United States of America and made an example of who not and what not to be, just to show the other side that we wouldn't allow traitors like this in our midst. So I don't care who wins the battle between Stephen A. Smith and Jason Whitlock. I think it's bullshit. It's no battle at all. It's two imbeciles, and if they just have a platform where they could attack each other because Jason Whitlock attacks everything that's black any chance he possibly get. I find Stephen A. Smith to be a liar and a bragger. I find him to be a phony and a fraud. And I've seen him many times when I used to watch First Take say things that were against a black athlete that he would never say against a white athlete that he goes over the top to kiss white people's ass like Aaron Rodgers, like Tim Tebow, like Jerry Jones. And it's disgusting. He disgusts me, but Jason Whitlock makes me angry. But see, I am allowed to keep my anger at Jason because there's no forgiveness there because a person who isn't contrite or contrite themselves, why should I be above them? Why should I forgive them for what they won't even ask for forgiveness for? It doesn't make sense. So the good doctor has been canceled after seven seasons. Do I watch the show? Yes, I watch the show. Does this show frustrate me at times? Yes. Or uh, Sean, the lead character, the good doctor who has some form of autism. Uh, sometimes the show could be downright relig uh, ridiculous. Uh, he has a wife who I don't understand well, why she would be with him. She's a decent-looking young lady. Uh, she goes through pure hell dealing with his uh, idiosyncrasies and his nonsense and minutiae. But I guess the show is run its course. 
Uh, some people are very happy. Some people are not so happy. Some people thought that this was a ridiculous uh, characterization of autism. But I don't, I don't know because I've never really been around an autistic person. I don't know them firsthand. I only see them uh, as everybody else sees them who have never been around, which is on TV, usually on some documentary or health-related show. But, you know, this was the first show to, I guess, have a character who is on a uh, sitcom, well, a drama-type show who suffers from this illness. I watched Napoleon with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I was expecting so much more out of this. The first thing I will say is uh, if you have not seen it, don't bother watching the movie. It's fairly long. I thought they could have went deeper into the character. Napoleon seemed pretty weak. They tried to make him out to be a, probably a much better man than he was. I don't know how the people of France actually responded to his leadership because they didn't spend a lot of time on that. They spent a lot of time on him and Josephine and how Josephine had a sexual hold over Napoleon and it drove him crazy to a point. But like I said, it's not very good a movie. Uh, I think that this is one of Joaquin's weaker roles that he has played. Usually it, he's fire, but this wasn't fire. And then we had Little Nas X release a song, Jay Christ. Little Nas X is a clown. He's a bozo. He's an imbecile. He's an over-the-top homosexual. Uh, he's a religious baiter. He, uh, he's a liar because he says that he's not trying to go at people's religions. But he always has uh, this iconotry of him attacking the church in one way or another uh oh no i'm not making fun of jesus but he's being crucified nobody's crucifying little nas x in real life he's taken nothing literally nothing and made his name into a name that's recognizable for the most part all over the world and he's done it with little to no talent He's done it with little to no class because my thing is this. It's easy because of the way this country and the way Christianity is framed to attack any member of Christian community. But I don't see any of these bold-hearted people attacking Muhammad. I don't see any of them with any kind of iconotry towards Muhammad. They wouldn't touch it because then the threats of them dying would, you know, not that it's fear, but it would happen. You know it and I know it. If he all of a sudden was doing a video and he was slam dunking and he was stating that the person he was doing it against was Muhammad, he would have death threats where he couldn't even handle it. I mean, then he lies that I'm going to go to Christian college. What Christian college is taking him as he is? I mean, I understand there's some money to be made, but he's not going to put that much money into any school where they would lose their whole reputation over him when he is over the top. I mean, do I see him one day taking the little Richard route when his career's dried up and the songs nobody longer cares about and he, all of a sudden he's a born-again Christian? Yeah, he's that type. He'd do anything for attention. He's for sale, and that's what makes him horrible. 
He is for sale and he doesn't care that you know it. I know it and the world knows it. If it brings in likes, shares, and cha-ching, he doesn't give two rats as how we feel. He doesn't even understand what he's doing to his own soul. So Tiger Woods and Nike's partnership has ended after 27 years. If I was Phil Knight from Nike and I had Tiger Woods, I'm not letting Tiger Woods go away for life. Tiger Woods is not what he was, people. I'm a big golf fan. I know. I've seen. He doesn't even golf that often. But when he does pick up a golf club, when he does go near a tournament, he gets more camera time than anybody else combined in the whole tournament. That alone is worth keeping him under contract. If you kept him under contract through all the controversies, through the drug use, through the car crash, through the divorce, and all that nonsense, why wouldn't you just keep him under contract? Tiger, it's in your best interest. Tiger, it's in our best interest that we keep this partnership going. You don't want him associated with another brand after 27 years. Just like Michael Jordan leaving you know, Airman or Jumpman or, or Nike or whatever he has going over there in this subsidiary. So me personally, I think this is a blunder because you get that swoosh seen by more people any weekend that he appears than anything else. That TW logo that he has is associated with him. Now, I know over the years, a lot of products that Tiger had no longer exist. At one time, there was Tiger Woods clubs. There was Tiger Woods shoes. And these were big things, Tiger Woods gloves. But if you look at X, Facebook, or Instagram, when he's in a tournament, you look and see the amount of attention that he gets. It is off the charts, off the charts. And if you're in business to have eyes on your product, there's no greater way to do it than a walking billboard. Tiger Woods is a walking billboard. So we had Nick Saban retire. Okay. Nick Saban, he won seven national titles. He's 72 years old now. He won, like I said, seven national titles. One at LSU in 2003 and six at the University of Alabama in 2009. 11, 12, 15, 17, and 20. And his college record stands at two. 92, 71, and 1. Let me repeat that. His college coaching record is 292, 71, and 1. Uh, Alabama is a school I despise. It's no, not really because of the school. I despise Alabama. I despise Mississippi. I despise them because the blood of black people is all in that soil. These are states that have never actually said, we apologize. Uh, these are states that have been proud of their racist history. And if I had a son who was a Division I talent, a five-star athlete, it would kill me if they signed with the University of Alabama. It really would. And I mean, the promise of getting the ring or being in the championship game or the playoffs and being on national TV all the time, I guess it's too strong for some to say no to. But you know what? Nick Saban 
is a great coach. I don't take it away from him. I wish he would have won these titles. If he would have stayed at LSU, I wouldn't have hated it as much. Not to say that Louisiana's history is any better, but, you know, it's still Louisiana compared to Alabama. And when I think of hate against black people, I think of Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi the most. I mean, other places have always despised and hated us. And but there's a hierarchy to everything. And this is pretty much the hierarchy. So after Saban retired, they went out and hired Kalen DeBoer. And he's going to be the new head coach at the University of Alabama. He coached Washington. I believe Washington went to the national championship game where they lost, but they were 14 and one. I didn't even know they had him on the radar, but they picked him up and he's now the new coach of Alabama. Good luck to him following the legend. That's not going to be the easiest thing to do. This weekend, we had a UFC card and it was Johnny Walker versus Ankalev. And this was the second time they were fighting. I will admit I wasn't ready for the UFC as of yet. So I did not watch the first card of the year. So I have no information. But next week in a card that I am really looking forward to. You got the UFC middleweight champion. Sean Strickland is taking on. Duricus Duplices. Now these two guys are very interesting. Because I find them to be kind of the same dude. Sean Strickland has a racist background from America. And Duplices has a racist background from South Africa. So it's two of the worst type individuals that you could have going against each other and both think that they're superior to each other. So this should be a battle and a war. And we'll see how that turns out. And then you also have the UFC Women's Bantamweight Champion. I can't believe this. Raquel Pennington is fighting Myra Buno Silva for the title. How Raquel Pennington moved her way up to the number one spot don't ask me. I don't understand it. Raquel has been around for a long time. She's never held the goal. This is her chance to get her hands on goal. This is one of the belts that uh, Amanda Nunes has given up since she retired. So I guess they need a champion. So they picked these two young ladies. You also got Neil Maggie going up against Mike Malott. Brad Katana's taking on Jared Armfield. Chris Curtis, a real sellout type black man, is taking on Mark Andre Barlow. You got Jillian Roberts taking on Pollyanna Vila. You got uh, Malcolm Gordon taking on John Jimmy Fleck. Jasmine Jaravicious is taking on Priscilla Achachira. Johan Lemoness is taking on Sam Patterson. So this should be a good card. This will be my first card. And then Aaron Allen. Arnold Allen is taking on Malsov Elvach. This should be a good card to start the season off. And you know what? Well, like I said, it's not the, the very first, but it'll be the very first one I see. And it's a pay-per-view card. So, I mean, you got two championship bouts and a solid a solid undercard. So, you know what? Good luck to us with this. You had, like I said, the national championship game. And Michigan beat 
Washington 34-13 to win their first title since 1997. Uh, the MVP of the game was uh, Blake Corum. He's the running back from Michigan and a defensive player. I didn't even know they gave out a defensive MVP, but Will Johnson uh, earned the He's a defensive back from Michigan. He won the uh, defensive MVP. This is uh, a long time since the Wolverines have won the title. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to them. John Moran is having season engine ending shoulder surgery. So John Moran, some people, you know, they like to put the karma word out there. They didn't think that he suffered enough for his uh, suspension. But the season is basically done for the Memphis Grizzlies. He had to miss the first 25 games. And now that he's done for the year, who is going to be their bread and butter to go to? So, you know what? I'm taking uh, Memphis off of my must-see TV list because there's no reason to really watch them. I expect them to fall apart as the season goes along. And Kawhi Leonard has signed a three-year, $152.4 million contract extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. Isn't it amazing that the league came down with uh, an edict that you have to play a certain amount of games to get certain honors? And all of a sudden, guys like Kawhi have gotten healthy. Guys like Paul George have gotten healthier. Guys like Anthony Davis has gotten healthier. LeBron James is playing more than usual. Uh, so you know what? In one way or another, I say thank you, NBA, for saying that these guys can be on it in certain ways, shapes, or forms without them actually being on the court X amount of games. And you know what? It benefits the fans. So now when you go out there and you pay your money to see a Clippers game, you actually see Kawhi Leonard's ass not in clothes, but actually on the court. Now, I like to give you what I call my games of the week in the NBA. Tonight, you got the Pelicans taking on the Mavs. You got my Spurs taking on the Hawks. You get a chance to see Wimby and Trey Young. You got Boston taking on Toronto with R.J. Barrett. Uh, you got OKC taking on the Lakers. Tuesday, you got the Champ Nuggets taking on the 76ers. You got the Kings taking on the Suns. You got OKC taking on the Clippers. Wednesday, you got my Spurs going into Boston to play the Celtics. You got the Mavs taking on the Lakers. Thursday, you got OKC versus Utah Jazz. Friday, you got my Spurs going to play uh, Charlotte Bob. I mean Charlotte Hornets. You got the Nuggets going into Boston to play the Celtics. Saturday, you got the Spurs taking on the Wizards. The only reason I have this game listed is because we are calling 2023 to 2024 season the Wimby Watch season. Every chance that you get to see this unicorn, I want you to be able to see him. And you also got Toronto with R.J. Barrett coming to New York for the first time to play the Knicks. That should be interesting. It's like a return home for him to play the Knicks. Then Sunday, you got the Nets going to play the Clippers. You got Portland taking on the Lakers. And the NFL finally parted way. Oh, well, the commanders of the NFL finally parted ways with Ron Rivera. 
I thought this was a year overdue. I didn't understand what took them so long, but I guess they wanted, you know, to get through the Snyder selling year and have some kind of, uh, you know, something in order, some kind of leadership, which I didn't think he was very good leadership when he left Carolina. I didn't think he was very good at all in Washington, but now those days are over. Ron Rivera should not be getting another coaching job in the NFL, but you never know. You never know. The Titans shocked me, and when they got rid of Mike Vabel. Now, Mike Vabel, I believe, will coach again. I think that he's a good coach. I like his demeanor on the sideline. I thought that uh, when they lost A.J. Brown, they lost a piece that they didn't actually even know how important it was to them at the time. They should have did what they could to save, uh, get him to remain there, but I don't understand what was going on in the negotiation process. Another move that shocked me, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll, he's out as their head coach, but he will remain in the organization as an advisor. Uh, You know, Pete Carroll is 72. He's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. He coached one of my favorite teams, USC Trojans in college. We won a national championship. He's appeared in two Super Bowls. Uh, he won one. One he completely blew. You know that play when they should have gave the ball to Beast Mode, but instead Malcolm Butler intercepted it at like the one-yard line. One of the greatest plays in the history of the Super Bowl. Bad blunder call by Pete Carroll. And I guess the big news of the week was Bill Belichick is no longer the head coach of the Patriots after 24 seasons, six Super Bowl wins, 10 Super Bowl appearances, and 17 division titles. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady was synonymous with the word New England Patriot, and he is no longer the head coach of the New England Patriots. Will he coach again? If Bill Belichick wants to coach, Bill Belichick will coach. That is not even a question. If he does not want to coach, then he won't coach. But I believe that this is entirely his call, and some organization will give him open arms. And a new head coach in New England to start a brand new era is Jared Mayo, a former New England Patriots Super Bowl championship player at linebacker, defensive player of defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Good luck to you there. Not that I'm really rooting for uh, New England because I'm not a New England Patriot fan. I'd be a fraud and a phony to say that. I don't really care what goes on in New England. I'm not a fan of their team. So we had the NFL playoffs, wild card weekend kickoff. C.J. Stroud became the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game, and his Houston Texans destroyed the Browns 45-14. He had three touchdowns and no interceptions. Actually, Steve Nelson and Christian Harris both returned interceptions for touchdowns when they picked off uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, nothing was going right in this game for Cleveland. Cleveland defense wasn't in the house. Uh, C.J. Stroud was making no mistakes. He was looking like a veteran out there. Um, The future is very bright for this young man. The future is very bright for the Texans. Uh, You get some more pieces. I mean, you got him. 
you got Nico Collins, you got Strickland, uh, you got uh, they have a good tight end, and like I said, they got DBs who are breaking on the ball, trying to make things happen. You got uh, a good coach, good young rookie coach. I don't see any issues with the Texans right now. Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs to a 26-7 win over Miami in near-record low temperatures. Now, Rasheed Rice had eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Pacheco ran the ball hard. Miami and Tua played like garbage. So that means this will be the very last week of hard knocks because when Miami loses, Hard Knocks in season is over. So we have one more episode of Hard Knocks. They couldn't handle this weather. They seemed out of place. Uh, Tua has been exposed. Perfect conditions. He plays beautifully during the season. He's a Miami version of Dak Prescott, to tell you the truth. And to get to that disgusting game, Jordan Love and the Packers pulled off a stunner. They went into Dallas, who were on a 16-game home winning streak. The number seven seed beat the number two seed, which has never happened so far since they expanded the playoff. And they beat them 48-32. to And the score was not even as close as 48-32. to It's no way to describe how bad this was. At one point, they were losing 27 to zip. Aaron Jones ran wild. He had three touchdowns and 100-plus yards. Romeo Dobbs had a career-high 151 yards catching and, I believe, a touchdown. Donnell Savage returned to interception 64 yards for a score. Dallas Cowboys became the first team in league history to win 12 games in three consecutive years and didn't make the conference title game didn't even advance to the conference title game you won 36 games within a three-year span and you've been either you won and done or one win and lose the second game makes no sense now mike mccarthy and dan quinn i don't know if they both should be fired one of them should be fired but I tell you one thing, if McCarthy is fired, there's no way in the world that you have elevate Quinn to the head coaching position. His defense is the one who gave up the 48 points. He did nothing. I don't know if he has any motivational skills at all. This dude sits up in the booth, 310 years old, with a hat on backwards, and he thinks that makes him hip. He thinks that makes him cool. He thinks that makes him relatable to these young black men, and it doesn't. There was no adjustments made at halftime because as soon as the, um, Green Bay got the ball, they just proceeded to drive the ball right back down the Cowboys' throats. Uh, Michael Parsons is a myth. He's a fake. He is no Lawrence Taylor. And if you are sitting back buying into any of that Lawrence Taylor bullshit, it meant you've never seen Lawrence Taylor play. Uh, 
There's nobody on that defense that riles up the other members of that defense. Nobody rallies the troops on that team. There's nobody who seems like they get into each other's face. It seems like it's 53 individuals when this is a team sport, and there has to be some leaders. There has to be some people who galvanize the troops. There have to be some coaches who motivate players to give their very best that they got for not only themselves, but the people who love them, the fan base who who back them, who appreciate the hard work that they put in. You know, it, it's it's nice and lovely to get all the support when you go to you go out to a club or a bar or restaurant and people want to be around you and they want your pitch and they want your autograph. And that's all you're in this for. Whatever happened to the love of the game? I look at the Cowboys. I don't see a lot of players on that team who seem to love the game. They love the paycheck. They love playing in Texas. They love having that star in their helmet. They love the being talked about five days a week on every sports program, even when they're not playing. Because trust me, three weeks from now, when we get towards the Super Bowl, they'll be still talking about the Cowboys, and the Cowboys would have been home for three weeks. So Jared Goff led the Lions to their first playoff win in 32 years with a 24-23 victory over the Rams and Matthew Stafford. I'm happy for the Lions. 32 years is an entirely long, too long a time just to win a stinking playoff game. And to do it against the former quarterback who used to be their leader is extra sweet. Now, in a game that had to be moved from... uh, uh, Saturday to today, the Steelers are going to be playing the Bills at 4.30. And then you got tonight's late game, 8 o'clock. You got the Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I got the Bills winning at home against the Steelers. Uh, it's going to be an ugly game. It shouldn't be a lot of offense. It's going to be cold and maybe snowy. The Eagles do not look good. I expect Mike Evans if Baker Mayfield is on to have a really big game, him and Godwin can have a very big game against the Philadelphia Eagles, whose secondary is horrendous. Just like the Cowboys cannot stop the run, the Eagles cannot stop the pass. And that's what you have to do. Pass the ball on them repeatedly. Now, next week, we have some games that are kind of locked in stone, and we'll see how they go. This one, I'm kind of confused why. Uh, why they have this listed as this, but I guess it has something to do with who wins the game between the Bills and the uh, the Bills and the Steelers. But you're going to have the Texans who are going to go onto the road, and they're going to either go to Baltimore or they are going to Kansas City, and that's going to be 4:30 in the afternoon on Saturday. Now, before I go any further, Peacock in the NFL both abominations they put the miami dolphin and kc game exclusively on peacock network i understand there's a lot of young people who stream everything they stream their entire life but for this game to not be a a playoff game to not be on a nationally televised game and you had to pay for this and take the chance that this game was going to buffer while you was watching it, everybody does not have a smart TV. Some people do not have their computers hooked up to their TVs. This should have been an opportunity to, to for, for both. No, 
you know what? We are going to release, because we love our fan base that helps us become a multi-billion dollar corporation, we are going to release, even at the last minute, this game will be in on NBC and Peacock, and it's your choice on what network you would like to see. But shame on the NFL, and shame, shame, shame on Peacock for their greed on this too. I am seeing a pay-per-view Super Bowl within the next five years, and I'm not even joking. Within the next five years, they're going to hit us at $75 and say, if you want to watch the Super Bowl, you're going to have to catch it on a pay-per-view basis. So let's move on to the second game on Saturday. Your second game is already set in stone. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers going into San Francisco to play the 49ers. Now, that one I can predict already. I am going to take the 49ers to beat the Packers. I think Cinderella loses her slipper, and uh, Jordan Love gets exposed a little bit. Will he play horrible? Probably not. But I believe that San Francisco defense is going to come at him a hell of a lot harder than the Dallas Cowboys defense. And then so your Sunday games at 3 o'clock, first game at 3 o'clock, you are going to have the Eagles or the Buccaneers going into Detroit to play the Lions. Your second game is going to be the Chiefs or the Bills at the Ravens. Well, it could be actually the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Steelers at the Ravens. So tonight's game between the Steelers and the Bills is going to determine a lot. It's going to determine who's going to maybe uh, Kansas City or who is going to Baltimore. And you know what? I appreciate you listening in with me. I appreciate you spending time with me. I always do. If you like to share, please share. If you like to comment, you're more than welcome to comment. If you want to subscribe, subscriptions are great. But keep in mind, man, that there's a relationship between anger and forgiveness. Forgiveness is is a great thing to do. It actually heals the person who forgives more than it heals the person who's forgiven. But you can't allow people to abuse you and treat you improper and then be the one who has to do the forgiving. Do not be a walking mat. You are allowed to show anger. There is no shame in being angry at a situation that you did not bring upon yourself and somebody just decides that they want to lord over you, abuse you because they feel they have the power, they have the right. They do not have the right. Now, how you handle your anger is on you. Don't get let your anger get you locked up. Don't make it make you lose possessions. Don't make it let you lose your job. Don't let it make you post things on social media sites that you should be probably keeping to yourself or actually discussing with your loved ones. Be careful of your words. Be careful of your anger. Focus it in a manner that is positive. Focus it where you are not suffering because you're angry at a situation, but because you're trying to avoid more pain. And I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, people, I'll be back next week. But peace to you and peace to yours.